TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And now, you're listening to TalkLine with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now your host... Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. With us once again is Mort Klein, National President of the Zionist Organization of America. And I've interviewed Mort for so many years and had him on this broadcast so many times. But I just discovered two things about Mort tonight. Number one, that he is a American economist, but also his father was a Satmar Chassid who received ordinations from Ramosha Tatalam, the Satmar Rebbe, who was anti-Zionist. And Mort Klein has the largest, one of the largest Zionist organizations in the world. So, Mort, welcome back to the program. Thank you for joining us. Well, great to be with you. But my father was a Zionist. He disagreed with the Satmars about Israel. And how did that work? Did it work well with the Satmar Rebbe and the other Hasidim? Because Rabbi Yol Teitelbaum was very firstly anti-Zionist. <laughs> well, he, he did Look, he didn't discuss it with them. That's all. It just was not a topic of conversation. <laughs> oh, okay, very interesting. But so, how did he get to be so pro-Israel when, when the milieu when he grew up where the Sakhmah Hasidim were not in that same category? I don't know, but he would get the, every day the Yiddish paper, Der Tag, and the Farvert, and uh, uh, and he would uh, he lived and died with Israel. He cared deeply about Israel. He'd learn about Israel from the Yiddish papers. And he would talk about Israel, and I remember in the Six-Day War, he became very worried. So Israel was very important to him. Would you say that that led you to your passion mm-hmm. for Israel, you growing up, even though your father was a Satmar Chassid, ordained by the Satmar Rebbe? Israel was not important to me <laughs> until the late 80s. <laughs> I saw my father care about Israel. I went to Israel, I visited, but it was not a passion in my life. I did care about Israel it clearly transmitted through my father and my mother, who both were ardent supporters of Israel. But it wasn't until the late 80s where my wife, Rita, started complaining that I'm not doing anything for Israel, that Israel's got problems, that the world is attacking Israel all the time. This is the late 80s. And uh, so I started reading all about Israel so I could learn something. And uh, first thing as I did is my daughter came home with a, with a, a major history text Every paragraph about Israel was, was filled with lies. And I have, as my, was my first campaign against this company, D.C. Heath's Enduring Vision, and I forced them to rewrite the, the uh, textbook to have, uh, uh, to have the truth about Israel in their textbook. And then I, I, I was going to go to Israel, and I bought the Bedeker's, which is the biggest and oldest travel book company in the world, filled with lies and lies against Israel in it. It's out of Stuttgart, Germany. I wrote a series of articles. The, the Bedeker's people invited me at their expense to come to uh, Frankfurt to visit with the board. And to make a long story short, they hired me to rewrite the travel guide. So uh, this is how I started my Zionism work as a private citizen. And then when the leaders of ZOA saw what I did, they called me. They asked me to run for president. That's how I got involved. Wow, wow. And the rest is history. Right. Amazing. I set you off here. When you're writing your autobiography. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm considering it. I'm seriously considering it. Now, as we celebrate 73 years of Israel, and you've been committed since the 80s for Israel, um, I was just curious, growing up in the house that you did, didn't you want to be more involved? Because you said your father was extremely involved with Israel. 
my father it was not involved. He cared deeply. He didn't do anything about it. He just spoke about it and cared about it. He was not an activist. My father's life was Torah. He studied Torah every day. Uh, didn't make uh, much of a living. We were quite poor. We lived in all poor black neighborhoods until I was 16. <laughs> so all my friends, almost all my friends were blacks. I played ball with blacks. I went to school with blacks. And uh, so uh, so my father yeah, was, was a Jew who read about Israel, cared about Israel, wanted only the best for Israel, but was not active. Now, did you go to a Jewish school or did you go to a public school? <laughs> Every other year, I, I went to yeshiva and then to public school, yeshiva and public school. I kept switching because my father couldn't afford it, couldn't afford the yeshiva. It was not expensive, but it, we had no money. So I kept uh, going back and forth from public school to yeshiva. It was, it was not the best way to learn Torah. <laughs> wow, wow. And did your father supplement the learning? That you yes, went... yes. <laughs> my father learned with me. He was very strict. It was not easy learning with my father. He was very strict and uh, would get upset if I didn't know as much as he hoped I would know. It didn't uh, understand as much as he hoped I would understand. <clears throat> Even my one grandfather, you know, three, my three of my grandparents were killed in the Holocaust. One was living. And whenever I go visit him in New York, the first thing he'd do is bring out a chumash and say fatach in Yiddish. It's translate. I immediately had to start translating. That that was my family. Everything was about Torah. <laughs> wow. But so did you, did your father expect you to be a scholar, to be a Talmud Chacham? Yes, my father cared deeply that I would be a Talmud scholar. I disappointed him. <laughs> that never happened. My brother and I both disappointed my father. Uh, <laughs> Did he get to see your activism on behalf of Israel? <laughs> no. He passed away in 1976. I started my activism in the 90s, really. So, uh, uh, no, he never saw it. My mother did. My mother, may she rest in peace, uh, I only lost her a few months ago at 98 years old. I'm oh, sorry to hear that. Both Holocaust survivors. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... I started asking you this, and I got sidetracked. So as Israel is now 73 years old, what goes through your mind? <laughs> Israel, to me, is simply another proof that Hashem exists, that there is a God. <laughs> it's such a miracle that a ragtag people, <laughs> broken from the Holocaust, <laughs> with minimal skills, could fight off six Arab armies and survive. <laughs> Uh, large numbers of Jewish deaths, but they survived <laughs> and began to build up culture and farming. <laughs> and, and since they become the, one of the three greatest high-tech uh, countries on earth, the whole world comes to Israel for their expertise in high-tech. <clears throat> so to, to, to develop a tremendous uh, business climate, a tremendous high-tech industry, a tremendous Israel Defense Forces. I mean, Jews were really not warriors, and to, yet, yet we've developed one of the greatest armies in the world by necessity to protect ourselves from the enemy Arab Muslim states around us <laughs> is, a, is a miracle. And uh, uh, so I, I couldn't be prouder about Israel. Of course, the, as the, as the, uh, as the uh, Pesach Haggadah tells us, they, in every generation... Uh, our enemies rise to, to come and try and destroy us. And now we uh, have the problem of Iran and, uh, and other Arab countries. Uh, and much of the world uh, is very hostile to Israel and Jews. So uh, we Jews uh, 
have a need to fight against our enemies, fight against anti-Semitism, and fight for Israel. <clears throat> and I'm so disappointed that so many of the Jewish organizations <laughs> are, are criticizing Israel. J Street is honoring Jimmy Carter this week, a shanda, a disgrace, an anti-Semite. They're bringing in top BDS speakers for their conferences. <clears throat> Peace Now and J Street uh, Today <clears throat> said they want to uh, support restricting aid to Israel. <clears throat> and... Uh, 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 and, and organizations like ADL and AJ Committee are really not speaking out strongly in any way, shape, or form. So I'm very disappointed in the Jewish organizational world. And uh, in my, even my own experience, <laughs> we're on the board of J, uh, JCRC <clears throat> in Boston and led by J Street and the New Israel Fund and the Reform Movement. They're trying to out of the board. J Street, imagine a far left wing, really hostile to this organization. All we screams for a big tent is trying to throw us out. Why? They claim we are racist because we've attacked the platform of the Black Lives Matter movement, a platform which says Israel's an apartheid state, <laughs> Israel's committing genocide against Arabs. And only this week they came out publicly. One of the leading activists there, uh, Mark Lamont Hill, said the explicit goal of Black Lives Matter is the destruction of Israel and promoting BDS all over the world. This very week. <laughs> so, of course... If we condemn anti-Semites and Israel haters no matter what their color is. I don't care that they're black. We condemn white anti-Semites, Asian anti-Semites. And yet uh, uh, the JCRC is, is moving to throw ZOA off the board because of our attacks of, of uh, Black Lives Matter and because of our attacks on Hayas, because Hayas no longer resettles Jews in America. They resettle mostly Muslims from terrorist Muslim countries. And the polls show... 90% or more of the Muslims they reach, the Hayas resettles, are anti-Semitic. So we complain that, uh, that they should not be bringing in people who hate Jews to America. Uh, it's bad for Israel, and it's bad for the Jewish community. And because we've told these truths, <clears throat> the fascists, the fascists, I will call them that, of the JCRC is trying to throw ZOA uh, or, uh, off the board of the JCRC in Boston. Didn't you have the same kind of problem in New York, in the, in New York with the Conference of Presidents? Where they try to get... No. Oh, the Conference of Presidents, yes. <laughs> the Conference of Presidents, uh, Peace Now, uh, uh, demanded we be thrown out because we attacked Black Lives Matter. Uh, Hayas demanded we be thrown out. ADL demanded we be thrown out because we attack the, the anti-Semitic organization called Black Lives Matter. We're not attacking blacks. We're attacking this group, this organization. <laughs> and uh, so several of the far left-wing groups like J Street and Hayas and ADL, which was far left-wing now, they're not the ADL that they used to be. <laughs> and Hayas is not the organization they used to be. They, used to bring, they brought my family to America. <laughs> now they resettle mostly Muslims, and that's fine with me, except these Muslims are anti-Semitic, according to the, the polls about these Muslims. <laughs> so, yes... <laughs> The far left has been very upset with COA because we promote an agenda they hate. So they would really love to destroy our credibility, cancel us, and to become victims of the cancel culture where no one ever hears from us again. They're not interested in dialogue, discussion, debate. They don't believe in ideas that are different from theirs. They want people around who promotes their agenda. And if you don't, they want you out. And J Street... Uh, New Israel Fund, uh, uh, ADL, um, uh, have become Jewish organizations that are a group of Jewish people. 
Well, listen, the Jewish community is very liberal. Look at the last election. Look at, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of the ortho, of the, mostly the Orthodox community and some others, most of the American Jewish community is in the Democratic Party, very progressive, um, right? It's, it's, been, it's been growing in that direction. Uh, yes, no, uh, 75 to 80% of uh, Jews vote Democrat. That's been true for many, many and years. And there's nothing wrong voting Democrat, but the point is, though, is that you see a divide between the mainstream uh-huh. Jewish community and, let's say, the Orthodox ones. And the past election, I think, was a great indicator of that. That's true, but I'll tell you, the Orthodox groups in the Congress of Presidents <laughs> do not fight for Israel in a significant way. <laughs> the OU is essentially silent. Young Israel used to speak out. And now they just had an election where they voted out the entire board and the president, Farley Weiss, saying that they were too activist political uh, for Israel. And now young Israel has become silent. they become neutered. So there's really no organization that is very actively pursuing the same kind of agenda as ZOA in the Conference of Presidents. But in the case of the young Israel, I'm familiar with it. I think they want to go back to synagogue service. They felt young Israel was too much involved politically and not enough uh, with the spiritual needs of the congregations. Well, <laughs> you can do both. <laughs> you know, uh, look, I called them up and asked them to sign on to some of the <laughs> agenda that we're, that ZOA has, and they refused. All they do is put their name on it. They didn't have to do any work. No money, no work. They wouldn't do it. They, they just don't, they, they, they're afraid to be criticized. That's why they want to remain quiet on these issues. They don't want to be criticized. And there's other uh, organizations in the conference who agree with COA. They will not speak out publicly because they don't want to make trouble. They don't want people criticizing them. <laughs> it's really uh, frightening, actually, <laughs> that we don't have, uh, the Jewish organizations are not protecting Jews and not protecting strong U.S. relations in the way I think they should. Mort Klein, the direct president, national president of the Zionist Organization of America, former economist for presidents under Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and his father was ordained by the Satma Rebbe. And uh, thank you for giving some insight. I learned a lot about you tonight, and I'm sure there's, there's more in your autobiography, which I'm looking forward to reading as soon as it comes out. So thank you for joining uh, here with us on our broadcast. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you continue to have a strong voice out there uh, Zev, and uh, uh, keeping the uh, uh, Jewish people informed and educated. It's a very important service you provide. Nathaniel, I think we Jews need more mass media catering to the Jewish community so we can educate Jews about what's going on. It's just so important. And thank you for being such a strong voice for Israel. Thank you, Zev. Thank you so much. And we're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This concludes Talkline's Jewish broadcasts on radio for tonight. For continuous Jewish programs, please go now to talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641 741 
1-800-273-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com.